The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Joining us now is its director, Arjen Hevke. Uh, good morning to you, Arjen. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. What have your members been told about these emergency plans for winter and the potential of blackouts? Uh, t- good morning. Um, not a lot yet what we have seen from a national grid is that they've published its uh, early view of the winter electricity outlook and an early view of the winter gas outlook the winter gas outlook only describes which scenarios they come to analyze and the winter electricity outlook has a bit more analysis in there and it certainly says that risks are increasing under certain scenarios Uh, it doesn't mean but no uh, means that we will definitely get blackouts but even with their analysis, it, it basically says that electricity are increasing. Uh, and one of the key underlying assumptions of their analysis is that the UK will continue to import electricity from both Norway and France. Uh, given the paucity of information, are they able to prepare? And if so, what sort of groundwork are they laying? They are. They will follow the normal process to publish their full reports in early October uh, with the full analysis and the risk behind that based on various scenarios they have. And they're doing that analysis and basically currently consulting on whether they've got the, the, the key scenarios right. However, October is a little bit late from my perspective. The members I represent I would like to see that information far earlier so that they can prepare themselves, necessary, if necessary as well, for the uh, for whatever the risk they may come up with. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Arne, can, you, can you just lay that again? You said they're preparing for various scenarios and things. I don't really... Can you just explain actually what that means? What, in concrete terms, yes. might they do? So they have. They will assess a model on the, and uh, for various scenarios what would happen if either a certain gas imports, electricity imports, uh, fall back. For example, if the interconnector doesn't work or if LNG doesn't come to the UK. And they will then model... Uh, the, the supply of electricity and gas and compare that to the demand that there may be in place and that in comes certain weather conditions as well. And based on those models and scenarios, then they publish um, a, a risk assessment to security of energy supply in the UK. 
What alternatives do your members have if they do see a reduction in supply or or forced blackouts? Uh, Depending on the industrial process. um, So some industrial processes are relatively flexible, so they can respond. Other processes are so-called continuous. They have to have a continuous heat and therefore gas consumption. The alternative they have in this case is fuel switching. Uh, they can switch to backup if they still have some. So then you go into diesel generation instead of drawing electricity or gas from the grid. They can modulate their combined heat and power plant if they have a if have such a thing. Um, and the third thing is what normally people think about. They can reduce their production. So if they've reduced their production, they can potentially reduce their uh, consumption as well. But obviously, that will have an impact on the products they have and on the, their customers. Is it likely that any of your you know, members will see such a severe impact to their to their profitability that you know they could go bankrupt or or, or be pushed into unsustainable losses? Potentially, that depends how long, uh, if any security supply takes, if it runs into a few hours or days, that's a big difference. And again, it depends on the production process. So if you have a kiln or a blast furnace that needs to continuously heat it and that gets interrupted, uh, that will cause irreparable damage to the asset. So you completely have to repair that. Um, and then it becomes an issue for the owner, basically, whether they will still do that or just leave it. Do, I'd have to say do, we're not not but, quite in that situation. You just have to talk about emergency. The risk is certainly increasing, but I would still count it in the terms of risk. It's not saying definite that uh, interruption will happen. Okay, well, uh, you, you did say that you would rather see that plan laid out earlier than October. Is When you look at Germany, for example, which has been very clear about which industries would be affected if there was an interruption to supply, would you like to see that sort of detail being announced in the UK as well? Preferably. Uh, we do have up to a point certain of that detail. Uh, there already existing process in place since the time of liberalisation with the energy market over here. And that does say that uh, certain priority consumers, like those ones who have blast furnaces and glassworks and kilns, uh, above a threshold of 50 million in asset value, they will be exempt from interruption. However, the more uh, people are basic or companies are put on that customer list, the, the less um, options National Grid has uh, to interrupt uh, gas supplies if necessary. And there's something, something similar on the electricity side as well, which is a bit more uh, sophisticated. I mean, even without the prospect of blackouts, there's still higher energy costs, which we're already, as we were just talking about, seeing at, a, at a, uh, record levels. Um, how, what sort of impact is that having? Is it, is it really squeezing those businesses in a severe way? Uh, up to a point, yes. So even if you in run up to any emergency, if that in a like, unlikely event happens, then you will, energy prices will start to, to escalate rapidly and, and go through the roof probably. Um, this current situation is still reasonable up to a point, depends on the individual company, depends on the in sector as well. Most of energy tender industries up to points have hedged themselves. So they probably have stuck a supply contract last year when energy prices were lower. And, uh, but they will expire at one point. And on the other hand, uh, energy tender industries can up to point, and by no means all of them, can pass on still the increase in energy cost to the consumer because the demand force of the products coming out of the lockdowns is high. However, that may change as well if you 
uh, go into reception and recession and consumer demand falls away. Most of the UK's most energy intensive users use the firm that was known as Gazprom Energy. The major retailer is their gas supplier, which was on the brink of collapse. It's now been renamed and say controlled by the German government. Is there more confidence now in the stability of this supplier? There is. Um, the initial was the risk, potentially the risk of sanctions imposed on Gazprom, uh, the two Gazprom entities in the UK, but that has fallen away. Uh, that might have had an impact on their operability, but they've held through. And with the German intervention and renaming, I think that has helped. Um, it does leave still an issue what happens with a supply contract if this situation had occurred where a non-domestic supply would have exited the market, what would have meant for uh, existing tariffs, for example, that or the existing hedges that energy tensive industries has had. There's still unclarity, unclarity about that in law. It, up to the moment, it falls onto the administrator. And I think that's whether hedges retain, keep it, are retained or not is probably a little bit too big of a decision to fall on the shoulders of an administrator. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, The promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.